Welcome back to South Coast Varsity, the podcast. I'm your host, Brennan Curie. I'm working with about 75% voices I've been doing for, it seems like, an indeterminable amount of time at this point. I am joined by Standard Times Sports Editor, Lori Lose. How are you doing, Lori? I'm doing great. You're doing great because it's the midst of the playoffs, high school yes, playoffs. Best time of the year. So we're recording this uh, Thursday night in the uh, waning hours of February, and we just finished up the first round of the boys and girls uh, basketball and hockey tournaments, and we are heading into the quarterfinals. So we thought we'd kind of recap uh, where everyone was and what we're looking forward to. We still have 11 teams dancing, which is pretty awesome. Yep. Uh, we started off with 17. Unfortunately, uh, for boys basketball, Westport is out. Uh, and for girls basketball, Bishop Stang, Dartmouth, um, both were eliminated from the tournament. And boys hockey, Bishop Stang was eliminated tonight, losing to Hopkinton 4-0. to uh, Wareham lost a few nights ago. And uh, BMW ORR um, was defeated on Wednesday night. Yep, so we've had nine girls. teams win a first-round game. Yep. We had two teams get by, so two teams haven't played yet. That would be the Wareham boys basketball and Bishop Stang girls hockey, which both uh, had great regular seasons. And, and, and Vogue Tech, too, as well. Oh, that's right, three, yes. yes. Good, good call, Vogue Tech uh, boys hockey. Um, so let's start with uh, kind of what we're looking at here for the quarterfinals. We'll start on the boys basketball side. We have a whole bunch of action on Friday night, three games. The two of them are local. Uh, Second-seeded Bishop Stang is hosting 10th-seeded Martha's Vineyard at 6.30 on Friday. Uh, I was at uh, Bishop Stang's... So it's 5 o'clock. I, that's right. That moved to 5 o'clock. Lori's got all the right answers here. <laughs> well, I'm going to be tonight. at that game, so if I show up at 6.30, I'll be in trouble. <laughs> that's right. 5 o'clock on uh, Friday. Uh, so I saw Bishop Stang in the first round. Uh, they were able to beat a Plymouth South team that actually had him kind of against the ropes for a while there. Uh, finally, in the fourth quarter there, uh, Justin Lopes had some nice steals, helped him pull away. Also, freshman Colin Johnson had a big performance, uh, seven points and 11 rebounds, and uh, he did a really nice job. Uh, South had uh, a sophomore big man who uh, I think had eight points or so in the first half and was pretty dominant down low, and he did a good job against him in the second half with uh, Eric Camacho in some foul trouble and uh, Dick Lamarck, also in a little bit of foul trouble. And uh, Justin Lopes uh, ended up with 19 points. Uh, Dame Perry had at 16 in that one. And you could just kind of see, like, you know, they went, they were down at halftime, and you could kind of tell they came out in the second half, and they weren't ready for their senior year to end, especially that backcourt that's uh, played, I don't know, 80-something, 90 games together uh, with Dame and Justin, and they were not ready to let it go. Uh, so now they're playing a Martha's Vineyard team that beat Case in the first round and uh, could be pretty dangerous, uh, you know, staying off to be on top of its game. In, in past postseasons, they've run into some trouble when the three-point shot didn't fall. Yeah. I know I covered a game. They were playing uh, on the road against Norwell a couple of years ago, and they just went really cold from deep and couldn't recover from it. And then uh, last year against Burke had some of the same issues there over in Taunton. Yeah, I mean, if their defense can kind of push the, you know, push the tempo and, and really get the offense going, especially in the fast break, you know, that may be – you know, would make up for if they had a, a poor shooting night from a uh, long distance. Because I know when I saw them earlier this year, that's kind of what got them back into the game mm-hmm. when they were shoot, weren't shooting that well in the first half against uh, Quill Cassidy. You know, they came out in the second half and just the defense clamped down, forced a bunch of turnovers, and that's how they got back into the game and they ended up winning that game. So yeah, get that get to that havoc two point going. Yep. So the other uh, home game uh, on Friday night on the boys' basketball side is uh, eighth-seeded Old Rochester is visiting top-seeded Wareham. They are going to be facing off for the fourth time this year. 
They uh, played uh, twice in the regular season, once in the South Coast Conference Championship game, which Wareham won at home uh, by only three points, though. And uh, Old Rochester was up midway through the fourth quarter in that one until uh, Destin Haywood Gomes kind of caught fire down the stretch. And I think in both uh, games at Wareham, uh, Old Rochester, they only lost by three in both yep, of the, the games. the other home regular season, and I think they lost by nine yep. um, at, at Old point, Rochester. Yeah. Um, and you saw Old Rochester in the first round against Rockland. Yeah, and uh, I mean, they really came out, and it was just kind of a solid all-around um, game for them. It wasn't like anything partic- in particular stood out. They were just solid, like, all around. You know, like, they, they you know, were solid rebounding. They were solid on defense. They kind of made a few more plays at the end that really um, sealed the victory. But, you know, it was only a, a one-point victory in that game, and, and it didn't really come down to a shot at the end. It was more their defense held them off, and uh, – you know, they got lucky a little bit, I think, with Rockland. Uh, shot, you know, horrendous from the free throw line. And, you know, I think they missed 11 or 12 free throws and a bunch. Uh, I think it was eight straight in the third quarter. And, you know, um, Old Rochester kind of took advantage of that um, and was able to, to, to hang on in that game. And, you know, I asked uh, Coach Cavallo after the game, you know, it's fourth time a charm. You know, and <laughs> they, they say it's hard to beat the same team three times. Yeah, it must be fourth, even harder a fourth you time. You know, I don't know when the last time we had a, a situation where you know a team, you know, two local teams played each other four times in a season. Uh, this yeah, might it's be the, rare. This might be the first time uh, that that's going to happen. And you know, they have that what is it? Route six uh, rivalry is what yep, they call it. Six rivalry. So, so uh, just a little stretch down the same road there. It, basically. It's, it's going to be a big game Friday, Friday night for both of those teams. One thing that reading your story uh, stood out to me from that Alaska Rochester win was you know a couple of the guys who were you'd. More, Normally think of as you know my fourth, fifth, sixth options on Old Rochester stepped up big with John Bersari, yep. who um, yeah. who doesn't even start, and then Matt no, Bajoli, who's kind game. of a glue guy, you know, kind of does all the dirty work but doesn't really you know get the headlines. And they seem like they had really good games, which you know that that's huge if they don't have to rely on Nick yeah. Johnson and then the two McIntyre brothers to do everything. Yeah, no, uh, both of those guys really did stand up in that game and, and stood out, you know, for for their play, and uh, you know they made plays down the, down the stretch. Uh, I was uh, especially. Uh, impressed with Matt Bajoli. Um, you know, I mean, just the way he was kind of crashing the boards and then, you know, John Vasari, um, you know, not being afraid to, to go strong um, inside was was huge for them. And, and really, uh, Rockland had no no answer for his, you know, his size and his power down there. So. Yeah, you combine those two with the height of Sam Hartley-Madison, um, who's got a little bit of skill down there too, yep. good hands, so... Yeah, they they could uh, be a little bit dangerous for for the Vikings. Uh, yeah, and it's been know, a, it's been a while since Wareham played. With it has, so you know, hopefully they've been getting that in practice, and I don't know if they had a scrimmage or two, probably. Yeah, they, the I'm last sure game was against Stang um, in that uh, in the, the Caliga Classic, yeah, the championship of that, and Stang won that game. Pulled yeah, that overtime, right? Yep. Yeah. So uh, the other uh, boys basketball game on Friday night is uh, fifth seeded Aponiquit is uh, playing at four-seeded Burke. I believe it's actually at like a community center near Burke. Yep. But in Somewhere Boston. Somewhere in Boston, yeah. yes. Um, now, Burke, uh, they are familiar foes. Uh, yes. Burke has knocked them out of the playoffs the last two years. Two years ago, it was a first round. Last year, it was the section finals. This year, they're meeting in the middle here in the yeah, quarterfinals. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't know much about Burke. They're usually very athletic. Yeah, fast. Fast, athletic. Uh, they had a really good shooter last year. I don't remember if he's back or not. I don't remember his name, but he could shoot lights out, I remember. Um, and so for the Lakers, it probably comes down to whether they can hit the outside shot. They've been yep. uh, struggled a little bit from deep this season. They got a nice game out of Nate Roberge in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of know you're, you're probably going to get a good game from Clay Munier. Yeah. You know, he's usually yeah, good for double, double. at least 15 and 10 every yep. night, if not 25 and 15. Uh, and then you're usually going to get double-digit points out of Mike Hendrickson. 
as well. So it's kind of, you know, can Tim Johnson and Nate Roberge and those guys, yeah. you know, kind of spread the floor a little bit so Clay has room to operate. Yeah, no, that'll be key for them is kind of getting that inside-outside game going. And then uh, lastly, for our last boys basketball team still alive, Old Colony is third seed in Division Four South. They're hosting number six, Cohasset, at 3 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, I saw them in the first round, and uh, they looked pretty good. They got they kind of the, their three big guys all stepped up in the same game, which when you're going to get that, they're going to be very hard to beat. Yes. When Jake Jason, Zach Susi, and then their sophomore, Hunter Soares, are all playing well, they are definitely a tough out. Uh, the question is, can you take you know one or two of those guys out of the game and because uh, then the kind of the next level guys would be like the Tony Wright and uh, Joel Cortez and stuff like, you know, Cortez is a good distributor, but I haven't seen him score a whole lot in the couple games I've seen. And uh, Tony Wright's, you know, more of a post player rebounder. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Uh, not a ton of depth there for the Cougars uh, and Cohasset. I don't know much about their basketball team, but looking at their other sports, they're always very athletic. Yes. I've seen them play in football and lacrosse, and they always just seem to have a strangely disparate number of athletes compared to how small of a school it is. Yeah. And that, that'll, I mean, the good thing is it is that old colony. Yep. Uh, back in the cougar cage. Yeah. So, and they're always tough at home, uh, you know, and I know Jake Jason does not want to see his uh, remarkable career come to an end. Uh, Unbelievable career. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll see how, see how they do in that game. All right. Let's move over to girls basketball. Um, so on Friday, we actually only have one game on Friday. We have uh, Westport in division four uh, they're 13th seed. They're going to be playing at number 12 Carver at 6:30. Uh, they were definitely kind of the surprise upset of the first Huge round. Huge upset. Us. You know, they they had to go to Nantucket. I mean, anytime you get on the boat and have to either go to Nantucket or the vineyard, yeah, you wonder how your legs are going to do when they're on the sea. You're already at a disadvantage, and uh, you know they have a young young team. I think they they start. Uh, it's three three eighth graders, a freshman, and a, a sophomore. And, you know, these kids, maybe it's because they're too young. They don't know the pressure of the playoffs <laughs> or, you know, when they heard they were going to Nantucket, they were excited about the actual, you know, the boat ride and just the whole experience. And it was all about getting experience going there. And they went there and they, they, they pulled out the win, you know, and they won in pretty, you know, not to say dominant fashion, but, you know, it was pretty sound win. Against a number four seed in yeah. the Nantucket team. Yeah. You know, and they were just kind of strong down the stretch. Um, Jess Carney had a huge game. I know she hit some clutch free throws, uh, especially in that fourth quarter uh, when Nantucket was coming back in that game. And she's really been a leader for them. Mm. You know, she's the, the elder. A sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. She's the elder on the team <laughs> as, as a sophomore, the experienced veteran there. And, uh, you know, they just have a lot of young talent. Um, so, you know, going to Carver, I mean, it's all, you know, like gravy at this point mm. for them, you know. And Carver's a 12 seed. Carver yeah. pulled an upset in their game as well. So, you know, this could be fairly even me match for all yeah. we know. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll see Westport kind of moving on to the semis and, you know. That'd be awesome. Who knows? So, uh, but yeah, it's they, a young team. They are team our lowest seeded team still, still playing. Yeah. And, you know, and they've had some injuries this year and, you know, they've had to overcome, you know, I think they're all, I don't know if they have how many kids they have, six or seven kids. They don't have a ton of kids, a lot of depth, um, but the kids that they have, you know, are excited to be in the playoffs and, and to keep playing. So. Yeah, like you said, they got nothing to lose now. No. Everything's gravy. Um, so on Saturday, we have a pair of games. Uh, first one up is 4 o'clock on Saturday in Division Three. Uh, number 11, Middleborough, is visiting third-seeded Aponiquid. Uh, you covered the Lakers' first-round game. Yep, uh, I covered them uh, the other day against uh, – why am I Seekonk. Drawing? Seekonk. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> There's so many teams going on. Luckily, uh, they, Se- they led Seekonk. most of the, the whole game. Yeah, they were, they were up start to finish. Uh, you know, just the, the lead did, did go down to single digits in the third quarter. Seekonk uh, made a nice little, nice little run in the third quarter, and Aponiquit just shut the door. 
Um, Abby Lenz came up huge uh, down the stretch for them between the end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter. She had a stretch where she scored uh, 11 of their their points uh, and just really, you know, she had a couple steals, uh, some rebounds, you know, and she's only a sophomore. So, you know, she's not a name that you throw out there all the time when you're talking mm-hmm. about Aponiquit. You're always talking about, you know, Jada Fortin or Sophie Goucher, even Leah Siepelum. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, her name gets thrown out there a lot. But somebody for Abby, you know, Lenz, who it was her first – varsity playoff game you know she she was on one of uh four freshmen on the varsity last year saw limited action a little bit more down the stretch and she just really emerged um you know as kind of another option you know they had four players uh scoring double digits and they were just the the first they they were solid across the board the first half you know was kind of you not that they were going through the motions but they were just kind of getting into the flow of the game and by the second half i mean you know they were just in complete control you know first half of first round playoff games are always kind of interesting yeah there's so much anticipation the nerves are there yeah everyone often plays you know like a little stiff yeah that's what it almost it almost seemed like that like that that they were wait like it was just so much excitement for the game to start and then there was just kind of this like all right we're up by nine or ten points you know we're just you know, we're going down, we're scoring, we're, you know, just, it wasn't like, you know, there was like not, like the gym wasn't even super loud until like the second half, so it was kind of a little bit, uh, um, you know, quiet, I guess it would say, we would say, but then in the second half, they just really came out, and, um, you know, I think they ended up winning by, uh, I don't even remember, it was like 19 or... Uh, 25, no, 25, I think it was. No, yeah, 25, that's 56, what it was. 56-31? Yeah, yeah, um, I think they were up by 18 or 19 going into the fourth, um, but, you know, it was just, you know... Uh, Jada Fortin, huge, you know, driving to the hoop, getting some uh, steals. She had a lot of rebounds, especially in the first half, first quarter. I want to say she had six or seven of her rebounds um, early uh, in the game. And and then, uh, you know, Sophie uh, Goucher had a big game. You so, know, uh, Her scoring was down this year with yeah. Jada taking her more scoring low, but I think she let him in scoring in that yeah, game. Yeah, she right? had, I think it was 19 points. And uh, she just, you know, she hit some threes. She took it to, uh, hard to the hoop. You know, she had some foul shots. Uh, you know, and then there was times where, you know, each of those girls kind of got a, you know, breather and there was other kids that, that stepped up. I know Leah Seablum uh, was also in double digits and, uh, you know, they just, I mean, their defense is strong. They pressed, they didn't force a ton of turnovers with their press. Um, but I think it did kind of wear down Seekonk having to go, um, against a full court press for, for most of the game. So, uh, you know, they, they haven't seen Middleborough this year, um, but Should I know be a good th- environment though with those two schools. Yeah, right they're right next each to other. each other. Yeah, I know they have a, a couple of big girls and some fast guards, according to um, to uh, Coach Gagney, and um, you know it should be a, a pretty good game. You know, and now if I remember, I may be a little bit off here. Middleborough's playoff win was its first in like fifteen years or something, wasn't it? Since like early two thousands. I thought I saw a tweet about that. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't um, see that tweet. But if that's true, I mean, they might be kind of in that Westport category of yeah. like, nothing to lose. We won a playoff game that's more than this program has done. Yeah. I want to say it was like 2001 or 2003 or something. Yeah, it might have was been. was their last uh, playoff win for Middleborough Girls Basketball. So, yeah. Yeah. I may be wrong. We have to edit all this out. But <laughs> <laughs> No, you might be right. Um, but, yeah, that'll that'll be an exciting game. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I think we feel like, you know, Pontiquit could make a little bit of a run here. Yeah, you I mean, know? they're – on the girls' side, they're probably our team that has the best chance to go really deep here, yep. you know, considering the, the youth of uh, Westport. And then the next team we're going to talk about here, Old Rochester. Um, so they're going to be – they're six-seeded. They uh, won tonight. I was able to cover that game. Uh, they beat Westwood. 
They're going to be at number three, Falmouth. Right now, it's listed as 6.30 on Saturday. Yeah. We're a little dubious about whether that's, that's not going to really... move because yeah. that's a little late to be playing on a Saturday. Yeah, usually they like those afternoon games. Yeah, but it'll Saturday. be at Falmouth. It'll be Saturday. And, of course, on SC, at SC underscore varsity on Twitter, we will keep you updated if the time changes. Now, the Bulldogs put a real scare into uh, myself and everyone else in the gym uh, on uh, tonight, Thursday night. They were down by nine at the half. They had a awful second quarter. I'm guessing one of their worst quarters of the whole year. They got outscored 14 to 2. Oh, uh, in the second quarter, they were down 24 to 15 at the half. And uh, Mary Butler uh, apparently gave a little bit of a halftime speech <laughs> and that uh, definitely motivated her squad. Uh, she put them on their shoulders as well. She had a big game, 14 points, 13 rebounds. And they came out in the second half and held Westwood just 13 points in the entire second half. They forced eight turnovers in the third quarter. Uh, Westwood had less than 10 shots in the third quarter wow. because they just kept turning it over all the time. And uh, the offense, which had actually led to a decent series of layups in the first half, but they just seemed to miss them all, which I think goes back to a little bit of that first game playoff nerves. Players you know, going up like a little bit too quickly and being a little bit too worried. And um, you know, they kind of settled down in the second half. And then in the fourth quarter, they had a couple of freshmen. We talked about all the different freshmen on this team. Tonight, it was Cadence Johnson and uh, Annie Perry who really stepped up. Uh, they combined for 15 of the Bulldogs' 20 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Cadence Johnson was kind of the one that was going to the line a lot yep. in, the se- in the fourth quarter. She had five or six on the line. Perry had a couple of huge momentum swinging three-pointers yeah. in the fourth, and they won that game, ended up winning it by 13, going away, being down by nine and a half. It was uh, quite That's the comeback. That's a huge turnaround, yeah, there. Yeah, and uh, you know they got a lot of contributions. They play a lot of girls. Uh, Meg Horan had a good game as well. Uh, they brought up Jill Higgins, who's kind of been an in- JV varsity player. Uh, apparently she'd been shooting really well in practice recently, so they had her uh, playing some first half minutes. And then, of course, you have uh, Meg Hughes, who's kind of a do-it-all, uh, runs a point for them, and it's just, as we've talked about earlier on this podcast, probably the fastest player oh, yeah, in, uh, that Hands we cover down. on the girls' side. So, yeah, three, uh, three girls' teams left, and... Uh, you know, a couple of them are really young, and then you know, Pontiquit, which does have a lot of seniors, and this is kind of their their chance for a run here. Yeah, definitely. So it should be some exciting uh, action going on this weekend. Yeah, and then we got two more uh, hockey games uh, on the boys' side. A couple of locals facing off here. Yeah, twelfth-seeded uh, Dartmouth is playing at fifth-seeded Voke Tech at six o'clock. Unfortunately, despite these two teams uh, playing at Hetland all the time and then having Gallo right nearby, they are still playing at the Canton Ice House. Yes, that's at six o'clock on that, Friday, that, about forty five minutes away. That really yeah. stinks. Like I, you I'm play not, all season, you earn a home game, and then it's not really a home game. Yeah, you know, Vogue Tech, they got the bye, they got the home game, and then now that every bo- everybody from this area that that loves hockey is driving up to Canton mm. on a Friday to watch this game. That's ridiculous. And then imagine, so this one is a little bit different, where like it wouldn't have really been a home game wherever it was. Yeah. It would have been equal fans. Imagine if they weren't hosting Dartmouth and they were hosting some other team yeah. and they really completely lost the home crowd advantage. Yeah. yeah I, it's just silly. Yeah. I, I mean, they could be, if they're not going to be at Hetland, you know, why not Gallo? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, you know, it's just, it's, I don't know. Because there are other games at Gallo at this round. So yeah. There's not this one. Yeah. It's it's too bad. I mean, you know, I know the, you know, the, the diehard fans are going to travel. Oh, but, of course. You know, who knows about the, the casual fan that might mm-hmm. say, hey, there's two locals playing in hockey tonight right down the street. I'll go to the game, you know, but hopefully, hopefully they get a good crowd. Should be a good one. I mean, these were, you know, two teams that had excellent regular seasons. Uh we did hear a little bit of a rumor that Votech's uh, goalie, Austin Chirac, may be out for this game. Yep. I'm not entirely certain on that, but uh, we saw some reporting that uh, said that. Uh, 
So this, this one, I feel like it could go either way. Yeah. I mean, you know, Voketex I mean, got you know, the top scorer in the area and Jacob Spicy Lopes. Lopes. Yes. And, uh, you know, Dartmouth's just always a solid team that runs out several lines and, uh, you know, can beat you with depth often. And, I mean, they really, they came back in that. They were up uh, on Monday night and then they were down and then they ended up, you know, having a penalty shot late, forced the overtime, got the win, which, uh, you know, we're on deadline. So, you know, Nick Fryer's at the game trying to oh, write man. as fast as he can write. And, you know, we find out the next day that it was uh, Coach Mike Capello's uh, 200th career win, yeah, which, that's right. congra- congratulations. congratulations on that. Uh, a little bit late. Um, Great coach, better guy. Yes. Uh, so, you know, I mean, they're, they're riding that high from that, that exciting game, you know, it's whether or not, you know, there's going to be a letdown or they can just continue to stay, you know, you know, when you win an overtime game, it's your coach's 200th game. Like, yeah. Is there, is there a hangover or yeah, is yeah. it momentum? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's two locals, you know, the, we're these guaranteed kids know a team each other. in the semifinals. Yeah. So that, that's, it'll be an exciting, uh, uh, night from Mick Collagio, who will be at the Canton Ice House. Yes, Mick Collagio back on the uh, South Coast Varsity staff here. He'd been uh, yep. working over at the Weeklies for the last few years, yep. and uh, now he's back in the circle here, and uh, that gives us a real hockey expert. He yes. is just brilliant in his hockey coverage, and uh, at least I'll admit I'm not very good, I think, with my <laughs> hockey coverage, so it was nice to have somebody who that's, you know, kind of really their wheelhouse. Yes, yes, and, uh, you know, so he'll be there, and also on Sunday, um, you know, we have another uh, team going to be playing <laughs> At the Canton Ice House, uh, the Bishop Stang uh, girls hockey team. First ever playoff game. Yeah, and they're going to host, or not host, but I guess they're going to face off. Host in quotation marks. Hosting, yeah, and Canton, um, Algonquin, um, you know, and this is is uncharted territory for uh, Coach... uh, Bill Theodore and the, the Spartans, but I mean they've had a heck of a year. They, you know, I'm excited. They, I mean, they have they all do. the aspects you want. They have a great goaltender. They have some a lot of scoring and yeah, balance uh, you know, too. Yep. It's not just one girl that's putting up a ton, a ton of points. You know, it's it's multiple girls <laughs> that 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 uh that can get you know the puck in the back of the neck net, and you know that's why they've been so successful. Is it's not just one. You know, yep. it's multiple, and they're you know they have a lot of different girls um you know assisting on plays, and it just seems like everything's really kind of come together um, for staying, you know, last few years, they've kind of been on, on that cusp of like, are they going to turn a corner? Yep. You know, and, and they have this year and it's uh, fun to see. Absolutely. Yeah. And that one will be six fifteen on Sunday yeah, at the Canton Ice House. So we have, uh, what is that? Nine, cause we have 11 teams and two of them play each other. So nine playoff games coming up Friday, yep. Saturday, Sunday. So it'll be an action packed weekend. As always, you can follow all the action on Twitter at SC underscore varsity. We've also been pretty active with our Instagram uh, yes. at SC varsity, no underscore in that one. And uh, we put all of our stuff and lots of videos and photos and tons of good stuff on our Facebook page. Uh, just search South Coast Varsity or go to facebook.com slash South Coast Varsity MA. You can find all that stuff. Give us a like, give us a follow, and uh, hopefully we can provide you with uh, all the information you need as you're out and about this weekend.